0: Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you, and there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands, so if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash gourmetgoesketo. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I am excited to have you with us once again to hear the story of another amazing dude. With me tonight, I have Brett Yo. Brett, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm glad we're, we're finally making this happen. I know we were waiting for a milestone for, to come along for you before we started talking. Excuse me. That's gonna that's gonna be great. Um, we will obviously get into that, but let, let's let's go right into it and get things started with that first question. Tell us, Brett, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum?
1: Well, I've been fat as long as I can remember, and in 2018, well, actually, sorry, 2016. I got up to 623 pounds at my heaviest.
0: And so, um, no, I'm sorry. I sorry, mean, go I, ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, so so take us through, like, what what brings someone there, man? Like, how did, how did it all get started for you?
1: Um, really, I, I was heavy as long as I can remember. Like, I remember being, I think I was like eight years old. I went to the Philadelphia Zoo, and I saw a picture of myself after I came back, and I just looked huge compared to other kids that were there, including like my brother who is skinny, um, you know, kids are cruel. And often I, you know, I went, I never got into like a physical fight, but just verbal verbally, uh, uh assault, I don't want to say assaulted, but ver- verbally, uh, kids would be cruel. Um, and I was always a lot bigger. Um, like I was usually like, uh, a lot taller and then I was a lot heavier. So people didn't really try to physically mess with me too much. Um, and then, the, you know, I remember probably like hit around hundred pounds, probably about nine or 10. Um, and then I hit 200 around 12 and that's when it really started to kind of, uh, escalate because then I, um, you know, 12 years old in you're 200 pounds. I mean, I was probably about, I was in the mid five foot range. So it was, like I said, pretty tall. Um, and then by 14, I hit 300. And then it starts to really get out of hand, out of control, just because, you know, you're, you're a lot, like twice the weight of a normal person, let alone uh, other kids. Oh, for sure. And, and growing
0: up that big man, like, w- was your family concerned? Were they putting you on diets or was it just something that was kind of accepted?
1: So um, my parents were divorced and um, like my mom worked a lot. And then in the summers, I would go with my dad. And in the summers my dad would usually try to like we in the summers we tend to be more active because we weren't in school and we weren't doing homework and stressing about all that and i would usually drop a little bit each summer before coming back from my dad's because we he lived across the country so we'd fly out to seattle um and then the one summer i remember i think it was going into sixth grade so going into being 12 when i got up to that 200. um he like i did like the cabbage diet Um, with, I guess it was just like broth or whatever. And we did that and I did lose a good, I don't know how much, but I lost a decent amount. But then after I got back from there, I uh, didn't, it didn't last because I just ate whatever. And one of the things I wanted to mention was um, at home, I lived with my mom and my grandfather. My grandfather grew up in the depression era. So, you know, he (laughs) lived during bread lines and stuff like that. So then when he, and he was the one that made dinner a lot. So he would make a lot of food because I assume now when I reflect um, that he did that because he grew up with so little in the 30s. Um, And then what happens is I would sit there at the table and I'd eat like, you know, two, two, like he would make like filet mignon and stuff like that. And I'd have two when I was like 12 or 11 instead of having just one. And I think it was just over time, I just kept doing that kind of stuff. And that had to be interesting,
0: like to to specifically speak to the cabbage diet experience for a second, like to be that age and beyond such. And I mean, because my understanding of the cabbage diet is, you know, you're pretty much eating, like you said, cabbage and broth like that. That had to be interesting as a kid.
1: Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't fun. And I still don't like cabbage to this day. Permanently <laughs> uh, scarred,
0: permanently scarred yeah, on it.
1: Yeah, even like when you get the salad mix, like I purposely pull out the purple pieces of cabbage because it's just it just triggers that memory, I guess.
0: Oh, I think but, that, make, that makes sense. And, and it sounds like like that, you know, all of that was laying this foundation of habits for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so like after that, like it hit 300 around 14, then when I went to high school, like I went to Catholic school and um our we had like two Catholic schools in our town and then like all the elementary schools like you kind of got split based off where you lived and a lot of my friends wound up going to the one on the other side of town so I didn't really have a, a whole lot of close friends or friends that went to my school and kind of like loner for a while and then when I was 16 I were I wound up getting a job in the, the movie theater locally and I worked there from like um till I was like 23 and i did all kinds of jobs like cashier usher projectionist i was an assistant manager and manager over the course of my time there and when i was a cashier and usher i was always on my feet always doing work so like from that time like around 16 in the somewhere in the 300s like i didn't really gain until i was in my later 20s until i hit like 22 um, because that's when i was like in management and i was less of my time was spent in the on the floor doing the physical work and i was more concerned with like the day to day operations. So, like I hit 400 somewhere around 22. I don't know exactly when because um, I didn't have a scale that went that high. Uh, you know, now I have like that 700 pound scale that you see in Sony Instagram posts. But I, at the time, I didn't know. So I, um, I just remember when I was 24, like I had a 440 pound scale and it it aired out. So I was at least that big then. Um, and then, uh, so at the, around the same time, like when I was 24 is when I got married and then, you know, uh, we lived together and then, um, and then like, I I was kind of just like staying kind of stagnant with my weight. Like it wasn't really going up or down terribly, but I was probably in, I I think I was in like 4XL five XL for a little while and then I started going up to six and then that's you know that's when you hit the destination XL casual mail ceiling at the time they didn't really go above a six um but I was kind of good there for a while um and then in my at the end of uh 2012 or 2011 early 2012 we moved to Maryland and uh moving from like we live in rural Pennsylvania so moving in rural Pennsylvania, like the Baltimore metro area is a big uh, cost of living difference. So then, you know, you just wanted to be able to do more stuff and all that and couldn't. So I just like kind of eat. Um, and then, you know, junk food's always the cheapest. At least that's how you think of it back then before you actually try to uh, create sustainability in your meal plans. And um so I, I want to say like in 2013, so I was about 30 is when I started to really spike up, um, and hit 600, um, somewhere in the 30 to 33 range. Um, that 600 was like, I, I, I didn't actually, I was, I think I was in denial, denial for quite some time about it. Um, because it, I, I didn't have a scale that went up that high. And then, um, like you just, you don't really know because like, I can't, I think I carry my weight pretty well. I mean I'm about six two, six three, um, so I didn't really know. And then, um, at one point I got that seven hundred pound capacity scale, in like twenty, sometime around the time I was thirty two and twenty, uh, fifteen, and it said like five, eighty six I think. And that just blew me away because I always thought, oh, I'm like 450, 460, not realizing that I had gone that far. And and Um, what was
0: life like for you physically then, like at that when you were approaching 600 pounds?
1: So, um, so because I was, I, I feel like because I was so active when I was in my 400s. Like I didn't feel it as much. I mean, now I would say, God, I was like always out of breath and I was always strained. So as I was reaching 600, I would say that I would, I couldn't walk very long distances. I couldn't, um, I couldn't do a lot of stuff like going up steps. Um, I just started, you know, I slowly scaled back what I would do. So like I would use elevators instead of using the stairs. I would um, at home, I would. Like, We live in a split level home, so it's only six steps between floors, so it's kind of it makes it kind of easier in that way. So I'm not going up like 20 s- steps at one time. Um, but stuff like that that's that's what I would uh do is just like try to take shortcuts. Like where I work, it's like a large campus, they so actually have like shuttles to the parking lots, and so I would take the shuttle even though I could walk it if I tried but at the time i just was i you know i was just kind of i was like the phrase you hear a lot like you know i was just surviving because i wasn't really like uh doing things that would improve my health and um i i was always i was i didn't i guess i didn't realize i was how short of breath i was until like in 2015 i went and had a sleep study done Um, because, um, at night my wife would hear me like, you know, gas for air. And then, um, they, they figured out like in the first like hour, hour and a half that I was asleep, I had like, uh, like, uh, gas for air, stop breathing like uh, over a hundred times. So, uh, definitely severe sleep apnea. And that was probably, I don't know, um how heavy I got at that point, because I wasn't really weighing myself. It was kind of like an every now and then checking in. I wasn't doing it as often as I should have. Um, So I could have even been heavier than my heaviest, I told you at the beginning. Um, But 2015 is when it really started to go downhill for me. Um, Because I started slowly noticing like um, things like my shoes that I would wear were like tight and like my feet would swell a little bit. And then um like summer of 2016 my leg swelled um and i didn't know what it was from and it just would swell and then it it would even like uh sometimes like leak fluid and i was it's totally new to me and um but then like i go on like uh that summer my wife and i went on a trip up to cape cod and that summer like when i was on the trip and like i would i was walking more because of doing, just going around Boston and the Cape and then going in the pool and swimming every day. Like my leg kind of went down I was like, oh, it's getting better. And then, you know, we drove back home six hours and it was right back to where it was. Um, And what I didn't know was that was the beginning of uh, what would become, it was a blood clot in my leg. And that would become a pulmonary embolism about four months later um so i had i had a one um they they said it's not a it wasn't a dvt which is deep vein thrombosis um but it did so on uh i remember like i'm sitting in the room where i woke i actually fell asleep on my couch and i woke up and i did about a 20 foot walk to the bathroom and i was uh like pant uh uh grasping for air like i couldn't like i was having such a trouble such trouble breathing um and 20 feet to the bathroom never was a problem for me to to uh be able to breathe so it was pretty much the scariest day in my life uh so that day i didn't like i was just like so out of it and i didn't go to the hospital but the next day i went on new year's eve of 2016 going into 2017 and I went to the hospital and um and they weren't sure exactly well actually uh, I should backtrack first I went to like the urgent care and they weren't sure but they were pretty sure I had a blood clot um and then I went to the hospital and they said that I did have a blood clot um which was it when you hear you have a blood clot you just it's just shocking um and then uh when I was at the hospital they told me I had a pulmonary embolism and then uh that I was lucky because they said that only like 35 or so percent of people survive it. Um, Which again, shocking. Um, One of my mantras since then has been that it's like everything that since then has been bonus time. Um, So while I was in the hospital too, I like to share this. Uh, It was one of the most (laughs) embarrassing things that happened to me was I was in the ER and a doctor came by and said they wanted to do an MRI, an MRI on me but they weren't sure I would fit and the only machine they that she knew could handle my weight was at the zoo. And that like it was one of those moments where I was like I think back on it and I'm so I was I was so mad um at how that that bedside manner when somebody's like in the emergency room um but at the same time it's probably the truth uh, at least according to that hospital i wound up going to another one um, getting transported because they had a machine that could and that's where they discovered that i had a the pulmonary embolism and had like a the part of the clot went up like in a minor area off of the heart so I, like i said I, I got pretty lucky with that um but i want to be in the hospital for about five days uh right to start the new year which i don't know if you've ever been in a hospital on new year's eve in a major, major metro area but the hospital's pretty rowdy even at a, which surprised me um but uh, after the five days i wound up getting down to about 560 pounds um because they put me on like a heart healthy diet no junk all that um and i felt like coming out of the hospital and being that much lighter from 623 in about a week um i i felt like way better because i you know just it's a lot less weight all of a sudden but then you know over um it was over the next couple months i would like kind of yo-yo with it where i get up to like 580 then i get down to like 550 then 575 like it just kept going up and down and i i knew i wanted to change but i didn't have the I, I it was one of those where I didn't know how to do it almost and I didn't I think it's part of like I just didn't want to do it yet um and I remember distinctly uh around that same about I want to say it was like March of 2017 I was sitting in uh I was sitting in the parking lot at a grocery store like getting up the energy to go in and then i was on like instagram and i was new to instagram i didn't have this even my current handle i was just used my personal account um and i just saw this one i saw one of these one of the most popular uh weight loss accounts and i was i was just like if they and they weren't at their goal yet but if i was like if they can do it i can do that and in 2017 i like started to like try to make better choices um and I was like, I got down to five thirty at one point in twenty seventeen, but then um, in that that fall, like my grandfather started to take ill, um, and he passed away in March of twenty eighteen, and it was really hit. Like the last time I saw him, which was like February of twenty eighteen, um, he said to me that he wishes I really wishes I would lose the weight. Like um, he had said it before, and I i um, surprised that I'll get to it later, but I haven't had a lot of people. A lot of people didn't really talk to me about my weight as an adult. Like, I mean, doctors would say something, but you know, you go to the doctor and you're just like, get me out of here as soon as I can get out of here. Um, so uh, when he passed away, uh, it was like March into April. It was the end of March. So I just was like, I got to figure out something. And then I kind of, I kind of, you know, mourned and all that. And then in July of 2018, I stepped on the scale again and I was I saw the number of 615. And that's that's exactly the date when I started my journey, which was July 15th. Because um, I just saw a number and I'm like I'm only 8 pounds from where I was when I had the pulmonary embolism and that I was like I'm not going back there. So I bought a Fitbit To track my steps and all that. And and then I used the Fitbit app to track calories. And then I also joined um Slimming World. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's kind of like a Weight Watchers but a UK version. Um and I found that like I wasn't quite on at the diet level, but what I was doing was I was slowly reducing my calories. So um like they kind of like a point value and like, I would, I figured out that, oh, I can have like a hundred calorie bag of popcorn and that's like so many points. And then I could have this and that. And it slowly started to get me towards where I am now. And I was over the, over eight months of being on that program, I lost a hundred pounds and that, and that was great. But I wasn't, I didn't do any exercise, but I, um, I didn't do much exercise. Like I was doing like my goal of steps was 4,000. A day and I didn't hit that every day um, but the slimming world really helped with like the thing with them is like you, you know you have your protein and your vegetables and like the vegetables should be like you should have like twice as a tw- half your plate vegetables and then like a quarter protein and then a quarter carbs um, so it was it was not quite where I am now but it definitely gave me a good starting point to at least get started where I so I wasn't so lost.
0: And and what I'm just curious as we're talking about this, like what drew you to that that program knowing that it's UK based versus, you know, something that would be in the States?
1: So the reason I chose that one was because there was somebody I followed on Instagram that did it and he had lost he was around the same size I was and he had lost a significant amount. And they also they had a they had a US component so it was. So they had like um, uh, everything transitioned from grams to you know everything from UK measurements to US, and then they did like a group every week, but it was on like a chat instead of being on a instead of being on a um, like a actual in person group. Cool. Um, it, it, and, 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 go ahead. No, go ahead.
0: Because I, I there's a couple things I want to talk about before we get too far into like your weight okay. loss journey, uh, because I I think. Because we're going to start talking about how your food changed. And before we get to that, like, I just really want to get a picture for people. Like, you get to, you know, to over 600 pounds. Like, and we talked a little bit about the formation of your eating habits. But what was your eating really like?
1: Oh, I, I didn't really uh it, it varied by day obviously um but I like I was drinking I didn't drink I wasn't a big soda guy but I drank iced tea I still drink iced tea but I drink diet now so it's a lot less sugar a lot less uh bad for me and I don't drink as much but I would drink like a gallon of iced tea a day um I don't even know how much sugar was in that and then I would usually for breakfast you know I get fast food and I get like Chick-fil-a like uh, chickens like two sandwiches or get like McDonald's get like a egg McMuffin and a steak egg and cheese bagel um or go to Dunkin Donuts and then um lunch I usually got at work at when I was at 600 um but it was usually like something fast and not good for you like it could be like a burger it could be like we had like a Qdoba nearby or a I get Subway, but I wouldn't get the healthy stuff from so I get a meatball sub, which is not anything close to healthy. Um, uh, and then dinner. Um, so dinner, I would sometimes stop on the way home and get something before I eat. Like I've heard so many people say in on this and other shows. And then I'd also eat at dinner at home. And it would eat, a lot of times it would be takeout or it would be like something that we could In the summer, it was nice because we had to have a grill. So we would grill chicken or steak or fish. But I've already eaten a dinner. And then some probably. Probably like a burger and chicken nuggets from whichever fast food place you want to mention.
0: And how do you... Um, And and like what was... I guess what I'm getting at like... Because obviously there was food volume there. But what was... How do you define your relationship with food? Like was it just always about, you know, kind of like not knowing how to make the best choices or was it, you know, you, you were talking about kind of hearing people on other shows, like, were you a closet eater? Like, how do you, how, how do you describe that relationship you had with food?
1: I, I don't think I was a closet eater. Um, I, and I, I, didn't just do it out of boredom. Um, I, a lot of it was emotionally driven for a while. Um, just like, uh, based off of relationships with people, um, or like being stressed from work. Uh and then also uh like I'd just hungry or like I, I think I I think it was really like I'd get an idea of, of somewhere that I wanted something from and I wouldn't be happy until I got that. Like I'd see like a Popeye's ad or I'd see a commercial or like a billboard and I'm like, Oh yeah, I really want that. And once you have a car and you can go and get it, um you it's it just was something that I would want, if that makes sense.
0: No, I, I think it does. Like, I, I know there's people out there listening, you know, who hear stories of people that get you know to 400 pounds, 500 pounds, and make a change. Like, I I'm curious, like, if, if you've given thought to why why you got as big as you did and and didn't initially do anything about it, like, what do you th- what do you think it you know was there something that was enabling? you know, your, your, yourself just like to continue on that path? Like where, where do you think, you know, 623 pound Brett came from?
1: I think it was really, I just didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to do it um, for, for so long. Uh, first, I thought it would be too hard. Um, and I would, you know, not be able to, like, I, I, either I wouldn't do it or I wouldn't be able to stay consistent with it. And you know, when you're at that weight, you make any excuse you can to not do it unless you really are going to try. So now we're,
0: we're, we're fast forwarding now, you know, eight months into your journey, you're down a hundred pounds. Uh, what continued to evolve for you there?
1: <clears throat> so when I was eight months in, I, um, one of the things that was a side effect of my pulmonary embolism and it's something that was major for me um, was that I had this globule that formed kind of underneath my stomach and above my nether regions and it was about the size of a football a little bit larger than a football and it weighed probably about 10 to 12 pounds and when I was 620 pounds that 10 to 12 pounds was less than when I was 510 pounds. Um, so over time, and what happens is it was pulling down on me and giving me that, it was thrown off my equilibrium. Like I couldn't keep my balance totally. Um, so in about uh, two months after I hit my hundred pounds, I met with a doctor at a uh, hospital here to get it removed surgically. Um, and I wound up getting a paniculectomy, uh, where they, you know, remove part of the stomach apron that's overhanging and all that. So I had that done in October um, of that year, which is about six months later. And after I lost that first hundred, I kind of like I knew that surgery was coming and I kind of just maintained my weight. Um, I lost a little bit more, but I didn't get I, I didn't get below 500 before the surgery. Because um, I remember I went into the surgery at 502 which is very close to under five. And when I woke up from the surgery, I was 460 because of all the excess fluid that was excess from my body, plus the excess, uh, that globule was gone and the extra uh, uh, fat and such around the stomach that also had, because I had lymphedema in that area. So they removed the lymphedema. Um, And that, that was like really a big, uh, moment for me. Cause now I could walk without that thing in my, in front of me and it kind of went off to my right leg. Um, and it would just be there and you could see in my, in any time I wore pants. Um, and it just was, it was something I really didn't like, but it also was causing problems, especially with balance. Cause you, when you're still 500, 400 pounds, like that's a lot of weight to, uh, fall if you fall because of a poor balance um so that was october and then um over the next few months i i was in recovery cuz it was pretty intense i mean i have a scar hip to hip there and i it was also like halloween season and i was i had and, you know we had candy for like trick or treaters and i was also kind of and i was also just in pain and i just i had the candy so i told you i was at 460 to that surgery and I wound up going back up to about 495 uh bef- that was on January 1st of this year and when I hit 495 I was like all right that's enough and I decided that I need to get back on track and not uh go the wrong way anymore um so even though I'd already lost 100 pounds over I was 120 down even at that point. Um, so January comes, that happens. I lose a couple of pounds in January, I lose a couple in February. Um, and then March is when you know, COVID happens and everything gets shut down. And where I, where I work, um, we actually got, we couldn't go to work, and but then my company still paid us, which was nice. And then I, in April, I decided I was like, I'm not gonna waste this opportunity to fit to get back on track. So from April, I started, as you know, from my account, I started walking a lot. Um, and at that point, I was walk. At that point, my Fitbit was my goal was seven thousand a day, and I just kept doing. I kept doing that, and then I was also getting my my nutrition uh better so um and i just started doing like low carb lowering my carbs uh low sugar and high protein um and i i cut out a lot of just because i always have like potato or rice with meals like lunch and dinner and i just cut that out um, entirely, I just did vegetable and protein for dinner. Um, and then in May, I started. Um, May actually, we started going back to work a little bit, but I just started every day. I was like, I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to try 10,000 steps. And in May, I hit 10,000 steps like, I don't know, like 15, 16 times. And then in June, I was like, all right, I'm going to try to hit every day this month. And my nutrition was getting better, and in May, before I get back to, to before I go to June, in May I wound up losing twenty one pounds, and then in June I did I did the ten thousand steps every day, and I lost like thirteen or fourteen pounds, and then July I did it again, every day ten thousand steps minimum, and I lost another twenty pounds, and in August I did it again, um, and I've been on a streak. Um, as of today is 95 straight days of hitting 10,000 steps. Uh, I also swim like three to five times a week and I, with weights a couple times a week right before I swim. Um, so really trying to add my exercise, but I knew, I know that all the loss I've had this year so far is because of the, the nutrition. I don't like to call it a diet because it just seems to be a word that is more temporary.
0: Well, I think that makes sense. And what as you're going through this, like, what were the major challenges? Like make these are some some kind of massive changes to make. Like obviously the physical challenge when you had the surgery done, which, you know, it must have really been life changing to see that happen. But as far as like when changing what you're eating and, and and changing that activity level, like what what were the things that started to come up for you?
1: Well, I um the, 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 eating was, was tougher for me than the activity. Um, really that like, it was just cutting out, going to like Dairy Queen, cutting out, getting like, so as we've, we've talked about privately, I love movies and, and not going to the theater for these last six months and not getting, not getting tempted to have popcorn or any of the other stuff in the theater helped helped that it just eliminated. So I didn't, I mean, I don't make it at home. Um, but really it was just like trying to make better choices. And I, and I just kept thinking like, especially once I hit the first month where I had a massive loss of weight, I call 20 pounds massive. Um, when I hit that first month of that, I was like, I want to keep this going. I don't want to go back. So I want to keep going this way. I don't, I, I get more of an, like an endorphin rush off of seeing the number go down than off of getting a cheeseburger from Arby's uh, yeah, not Arby's from McDonald's or going to Arby's or any of those places. So I also I also at the same time of doing that, I cut out going to fast food. Because I it just is it just is like a slippery slope uh, for me, I think. And then the activity level, um, as far as the activity like I actually had a setback in march um i had i was outside starting to walk more but i wasn't at the doing ten thousand a day and i i slid in some mud and i wound up like my ankle got tweaked a little bit so i didn't fall but it just like tweaked my ankle so for a few weeks i couldn't really do that i couldn't really go on the walking so i kind of started picked it up in like later april and once i picked it up i was like i just gotta keep getting better a little bit every day until I, until I can do the 10,000. And then now my goal, now my goal is like 12,500 per day. Um, and I, I, I know steps aren't everything for everyone, but it just was a good barometer for me to meet.
0: Well, and I, I think people overlook walking, like the power, you know, that the physical change that walking can bring to the body, you know, it's especially, you know, you talked about you know this leg swelling and all those things like getting your body moving like that is a really healthy thing to do so i think yeah, it, i think it, it's a great part
1: of it and, and one of the things that really is didn't happen right away but it's happened more in the last couple months um when i because i walk just around my like sub development in my air neighborhood and i would see like i walked a you know a couple miles a day and i would see people and they just like slowly every day i would start I was starting to get like, somebody would comment to me, Hey, keep going. You're doing great. You're looking great. Um, like the one lady in a couple blocks down said that her and a bunch of the other neighbors around her are starting to walk more. Cause they see me doing it every day. Like whether it was like rain, like uh, high nineties, whatever. I was obviously safe. I w I didn't try to go out in the nineties and I would always have water, but, um, stuff like that. And, and like hearing that from other people that I don't even know was something that also gave me kind of a high, like, cause I just, I felt so much like I, I'm definitely doing the right, like I'm doing it right.
0: That makes sense, man. And so recently, you know, one of the reasons we're talking now is you've, you've come to a milestone on your journey.
1: Yeah. Um, it was just, <laughs> as we we're speaking, it was last week. Um, I hit 200 pounds down and I've, which means I've lost, you know, uh, about 80 pounds since the beginning of, 84 to be exact, 84 pounds since the beginning of the year and feel a lot better, obviously being 411 pounds versus being 615 two years ago.
0: Right. And, and that's awesome. And I, I think, so w- one of the things that I'm curious about with, with that is, because so you, you know, you're, you've, you've crossed this major milestone, you know, you're over 200 pounds down, but you've still got a, a fair, a fair ways to go, man. Like what, what do you think it is that allows you to, to celebrate, you know, to, to be in that place where you can celebrate that milestone, but know, okay, this doesn't change the work I still need to do.
1: Oh, definitely. Like that's what um, I was thinking about it that last week, because Even though I've hit 200 down, I still have about 165 to go from my um, lofty ultimate goal when I picked over two years ago, which was to be 250. That's not necessarily my final number, but that's where that's a number I wanted to hit at some point. Um, I feel really good because I feel like I'm in a good headspace now um, compared to even like a year ago when I first synced up with you on Instagram. um, Like I wasn't in the same headspace I am now. Cause I just feel like I got, like, I've got most of my nutrition, right? Like every now and then I splurge on something, but I don't, it doesn't throw me way off. Um, and then I'm doing the walking every day and I try to, you know, now we're like getting back to work where I work um, every week. So don't have all the, all the time at home where I can do like 18, 19,000 steps a day, but I can still get 10, 11 in with working and It's just even being outside in the summer and getting that vitamin D, it it just feels a lot better than the neon lights from, uh, or the fluorescent lights from, you know, being in an office all the time. And so Brett, what what would you say are the biggest, because
0: obviously we're talking about the physical changes, you know, that you're making in your body, you know, 200 pounds down, the surgery, the amount of walking you're doing, like that's all really fantastic, but... It sounds like, too, there's been some really kind of big shifts on the inside, like your your mindset. Like, what do you think are the biggest differences of Brett now versus Brett over 600 pounds?
1: Oh, just that one. Like, uh, if I go, if I'm going out to eat, I don't need to get, like, the 24-ounce porterhouse steak or get, like, dessert and dinner. Like, I'm pretty content just getting a smaller meal. I'm content uh, just with life. With life, in some ways, like I'm not uncomfortable all the time, and I think that's what I, how I was um, at 600 pounds. Why I wouldn't probably have admitted admitted it then. Um, life isn't very comfortable when you're that big. I mean, we don't have to talk about just sitting in a restaurant booth, or or a stadium or a theater seat, but um, you know, throughout. Like being that big like that's something i always worry about i mean i still worry about i still to this day whenever i go somewhere i i'm always like uh maybe i don't i can't fit in that booth so let's get a table because i'm not quite there yet um the one uh, going on a trip in a couple weeks and i'm really kind of hoping that i can get in the airplane seat and not have to get an extender it might be lofty (laughs) but it's kind of something that I'm, I'm, I'm holding, I have my both fingers crossed. Um, and, and, you know, I, like when, cause when I was 600 pounds, I remember, um, my wife got tickets for my birthday cause they were running the Baltimore symphony does a thing where they play a movie and they have the orchestra play the score. And, uh, we went to see uh, Jurassic park And when we went to the Symphony of Steve Jurassic Park on that birthday, that was the birthday uh, when I was about, I was about, you know, six weeks into my journey and sat in the seat. We had end seats because that's what you do when you're that big. So that way, in case you need to stretch out in the aisle, you have more leg room and all that. Um, And I was I was pretty uncomfortable in that seat. It was it wasn't terrible, but it was still tight. Uh, about a year later, we went back to see uh, them do Star Wars, and now that's over a year, so it's over the hundred pounds, and it wasn't quite as bad. And now I'm sure when we can go back to that normalcy one day, it'll be a lot better than that. So that 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 really helps, uh, like uh, emphasize how much better it is now versus then being that much larger.
0: Oh, I'm sure it does, man, and thinking about kind of where you're at now, like if you're speaking, so say you're speaking to, you know, 623 pound Brett is out there listening to this. Like what do you, what do you think is, are the words that, that someone, you know, in that condition needs to hear?
1: Uh, I, I really think it's, um, two things. I think it's that uh, you, you can, you can make the change and you're not alone. Um, because I, I really feel that the, the uh, over the last few months, uh, since like March, um, the weight loss community on Instagram has been something that's been really supportive for me. Um, and I try to be supportive too. Um, but I, I really feel like that com- like a community like that where you can encourage each other and there's not much negativity is really great. And like, um, you know, sometimes people won't want to hear it, but I th- I feel like at least if you put it out there, maybe they'll want to, maybe they'll want to at least like look at your page or look at the hashtags on Instagram and maybe they'll be like some version of inspired to want to make a change.
0: I think that definitely makes sense. And one of the things you brought up earlier, you know, was you said, not a lot of people said a lot to you when you were at your heaviest, you know, about your weight, you know, which I think happens for a lot of reasons. Like, Do you get comments now from people that haven't seen you or like, what, what is it, what is it like now that you're on this journey?
1: Yeah. I, so it was when I hit 150, it was the first time I shared it on my personal Facebook. Cause I didn't like, I just kind of like kept going. I was like, I don't really want to, you know, it's one of those things where when you're that big, cause you stumble and then you don't want people that, you know, in real in quote in real life to, you know, you want to say, don't want them to judge you so when i hit 150 i shared it and i got like a whole bunch of like positive comments and then you know uh one of my good friends said like that they were really glad like one of my best friends he said that he's really glad that i did lose as much as i am and i'm on the journey because he was worried he was going to get a a phone call one day but at the same time i was like kind of thinking in the back of my head like well why didn't you say something like maybe he did maybe i just blacked it maybe I've blocked it out I mean it's possible but it's just like in my memory I'm not I don't remember that and I I kind of wish I'd had more of that even if it was even if I felt attacked in a way that somebody would have kept trying to reach out and I didn't really get that as much
0: and that yeah that was going to be one of my questions you know talking about this like how do you think you would have taken it if someone had had said that to you when you were 600 pounds like Brad I'm worried you're going to die
1: uh, probably wouldn't have gone well. Mm. Um, probably probably would have been like you, you know, I'm fine, you know, I, I'm not gonna die uh, even though clearly I am lucky I didn't from my embolism. Um, and I'm just glad I'm again glad I didn't, but uh, yeah,
0: no, I think that makes I, I think that makes sense and I think it's like I think we all go through that place. Like, I remember when I first lost the weight in 2013, and it was my 40th birthday party, and that was the first time a lot of people had seen me in over a year, and I was having a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, thank God, because I thought thought you were going to die. I kept expecting you were going to die, and I'm like, really? We never ever talked about this, like... But but then I realized that when anyone did talk to me about it, you know, I was not receptive, and I, I definitely did not, you know, open the door for those discussions to happen. So it's it's almost like the hindsight is is different than it is when we're in that place.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely different when you're when you've already lost two hundred and you're like reflecting on it, rather than being in it. For sure, man. And
0: let's let's reflect forward a little bit now. So two hundred pounds down and, and 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 grinding away like. What what's coming next for you? Like, what are the, the things you look forward to coming next?
1: Well, for my birthday, which is at the end of this month, September, I want to hit. I want I want the first number on the scale to be a three, uh, and I'm not far. I'm only right. eleven pounds over, so I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Um, not to jinx myself. Uh, so that's that's one of them. Um, and then just you know, I want to get. I I really in. Uh, enjoy being outside, being more active. Um, and like uh, my wife and I are taking a trip to Montana in a couple of weeks to go to Glacier national park and just to go hiking. And like I 600 pound me would have been like, are you crazy? Right. So that's, that's some of the stuff coming up in the near term. And then I just want to keep, keep it rolling as you know, now as work ramps back up, just hoping that it keeps going at the same pace or maybe not the same, but at least a good pace. Of the weight loss.
0: That sounds awesome. And and I think you hit on something that people don't think about. Like, I think when they think of someone that's, you know, in that five, 600 pound range, they think about my 600 pound life, you know, and that you're Mm -hmm. laid up, you're laid up in bed and your wife's bringing you breakfast. Like that clearly wasn't your life. But one of the things you talked about that I think is important for people to hear is how, when you're getting that big, you start to find ways to adapt your life. And and like, I always say, you know, the bigger you get, the smaller your world gets, but you know, you start, you know, using the elevators and, and taking different, you know, cutting down on steps and using the shuttles and and all of those different pieces. Like you, your access to the world changes, like there's opportunities and things that you might want to do that you're not going to be able to do. And now you can, like you've made actual physical changes. So like going to Montana hiking sounds like an awesome opportunity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, it's perfect for social distancing. Um, but, but yeah, um, you know, hiking wasn't never something, I, cause like actually just last weekend we went and bought hiking boots at a, like a co-op outdoor store. And like, that's something I, I didn't have cause I, one of my, I just never needed them. Um, and it it's, it should be pretty cool. Um, just cause to be outside, I mean, I'm outside a lot now, but actually be out in nature, uh, it's somewhat controlled though.
0: Right. I, I just can't wait to hear how it goes for you, man. It sounds like it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, for real. Cool. So Brett, we, we've gone into a lot of your journey. Are there, are there any pieces of it that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet that you want to make sure that people know about?
1: Um, I think we covered pretty much most of, uh, what I, what I did. Um, the one thing I would add is that, uh, during the pandemic, like I started doing intermittent fasting and OMAD, I did OMAD to an extent. I didn't do it every day, but I tried to do it a lot of days when I wasn't working where I just, you know, I'd walk in the morning and then I go swimming. And then by that time, it's like three o'clock and then I'd have, uh, like a meal around five and then that was it. Um, and it, it really, I think it really helped me get my, uh, get on track. And I, I know inter, intermittent fasting is kind of popular with being talked about in Joe Rogan and other podcasts, but I, I just think it's a really good tool if someone's looking for something to change up their routine.
0: Oh, for sure. And, and I think that's an important point that there's a lot of different tools out there and. You have to not be afraid to try things and not be afraid to find what's going to work for you and what's going to allow you to keep moving, especially if you're someone out there that has, you know, this this massive weight loss journey ahead of you. Like realize that what you do on day one is probably not going to be the same thing you're doing on day 500 or 600 or, you know, even more.
1: Oh, yeah. And like when when you start a weight loss journey and you're like, oh, I have to hit lose 365 pounds to get to 250. But then when you hit, when I hit 183, I was like halfway and I kind of celebrated a little bit in my head because I was like, I'm halfway. Like, even though it's not something like I talked about on social media at all, I was just like, just to myself, I was just like, all right, I'm at the, I'm at like the top of the mountain going down to the end now. There you go, man. I like that. So,
0: so Brett, if people want to follow along and see what's coming next for you and, and hear how the hike goes, where can they find you?
1: So, I'm on uh, Instagram at Becoming Brett. And I have a Facebook page that basically is just everything I post on Instagram ports to this Facebook page, mm. which is Becoming Brett 19. Because I think I created Becoming Brett before and then it wouldn't let me restart it. And then I also have becomingbrett.com, which has links to both of those and as well as like my Reddit posts about my weight loss.
0: Awesome. So we'll make sure that all of that goes in the show notes of this episode when it gets out there. Brett, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through them? I am. Okay, man. So question number one, living or dead, tell us who is your favorite fat guy?
1: So I know your love for John Candy. But I'm going to pick one I don't think I've heard before, and it's uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Nice. Because I just find his comedy hilarious, mm. and um, I, I like that I've gone from the damn oh, yeah. guy to the – probably Fluffy now. There you um, go. There and, you go. I, we, a friend and I were actually supposed to see him this year, but you know, 2020.
0: Yeah. 2020 has taken a lot of things away from a lot of us, so that's understood. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully, I've seen him live twice, and hopefully, you'll get to see him because he puts on a really great show. That's awesome. Question number two, Brett. Tell us what is one lesson being a fat guy has taught you.
1: Uh, it's not to uh, judge a book by its cover, because I feel like so many times we've all seen the glaring eyes or the staring. Not just—I'm not talking about like from kids that are just shocked because I kind of expect that, but like adults too. And I feel like it's good not to judge before you know what's going on with a person.
0: I like it. Question number three, Brett. What is one thing that someone out there can do today to get their journey started?
1: Well, I think that just start by uh, figuring out if you need everything you're putting in your body, Um, even if it's a small change, like you just don't have dessert or you just don't have a uh, second cheeseburger like just something to limit a little bit and get the ball rolling because once you start it rolling it's going to s- uh, snowball
0: I like it man question number four Brett tell us what is something
1: you love about yourself uh, uh, I love my drive in the last few months um, it just it imp- as much as it impresses other people (laughs) because I get, I get all the, I'm inspiring and motivating for people, which still floors me. Um, It just, it, like, I think I really feel like my streak of day after day of hitting 10,000 steps, just that drive, even some days it's just, I just don't want the streak to end when I don't want to really hit 10,000. It's just like the drive to keep going. Um, Yeah. I
0: like that. I like that a lot. And last question for you tonight, Brett. Tell us what is one goal that you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related.
1: That's an easy one for me. Um, My wife and I want to start a family, so we're hoping for that within the next year.
0: Well, there you go, man. That's a that will definitely bring you know. It's going to be good that you're actually a little bit more physically active now if that happens. You know, wanting
1: to. Oh yeah, and 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 that's part of why I all above everything else like I that's the goal I've had for a while and I I want to see that come into fruition
0: that's awesome and I I I wish you both the the very best of luck with that obviously so Brett thank you of course of course Brett thank you so much for for coming on the show and and sharing your journey and and what you've been able to do with the Fat Guy forum audience I just really appreciate it
1: I really appreciate it. Uh, I've been a big fan of the show and I look forward to many more. Well, thank you, man. And like I said, all
0: of Brett's contact information is going to be in the show notes. So you'll be able to find him and and keep up with what comes next for this amazing dude. And if you are interested at all about what's going on with me, you can, of course, find me on Instagram as well at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto on Twitter at Gourmet goes keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com or if you are interested in working with a coach one-on-one with a a holistic ketogenic nutrition program and work on your goals and mindset, hit me up. You can reach me at theketoroad.com slash coach dash mike. One more piece of homework for you out there though, people. Don't forget, go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you, my friends, are amazing people. And then come on back and catch us again on the next Fat Guy Forum.